Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yes, thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling and we're getting set for this huge night coming through on Saturday night, the final night of the Tab Constellation. Six Group 1 races will be taking effect on Saturday night and there's so much to focus on with all of these great horses, great trainers and great drivers strutting their stuff. There's a lot to focus on, but the race that I wanted to look at this morning is the Tab Queensland Derby, the three-year-old Colton Geldings going over the longer journey, 2,680 metres, the same distance as the Tab Blacks are fake, and we've got the favourite listed as the Kiwi star, Krug, and he's currently at $1.70 with Tab, but he's facing a second-row draw. He's drawn gate number 10. The emergency, our action man, has got the inside of the second row, so he might end up being two off the second line there on Saturday night. He missed the race last week, the South East Derby, which was won by American Dealer. One of the other horses that missed, race la uh, missed the race last week, the South East Derby, was cashed up. And as we know, Krug and cashed up contested uh, the feature, the, the feature on the opening night, which was the Rising Sun. So Connections deciding to give their horses a week off, freshen, get set for the Derby, and uh, they're going to the post on Saturday night uh, with a, a horse that's uh, ready to go. There's no doubt about it. We're about to chat with Gemma Hewitt, who is the trainer of Cashed Up, one of those horses that starts on Saturday night in the Derby, and she's online with us now. Gemma, good morning. We appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. Thank you. Tell me, uh, you skipped last week. Uh, looking back now, uh, was it the right move to make? Um, I just had to sort of make a decision, Chris, when we got the rising sun invite um, a bit later. Um, I'd started him on the Saturday night at Albion and got the invite the next day for the following Saturday, and that that was going to be four runs in a row, uh, four weeks in a row up here in Brisbane. So I sort of had to make a decision that if we did the rising sun, I said that I would miss the week after and, and then just head into the derby the, the following fortnight, yeah. Okay, you were trackside there last Saturday night. You watched American Dealer take the Southeast derby. Do you feel satisfied that you did miss the race, though, with uh, with Cashed Up, with what he's gone through? Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, You know, after the Rising Sun, he was able to have three days off and he's just feeling really fresh and he's just sort of, you know, unleashed into beast mode up here in Queensland. He's, he loves the weather and loves the new surroundings and, um, you know, I think the freshen up done done him the world of good, especially after the four runs in a row, yeah. OK, let's talk about the Rising Sun. He, he got the invitation. Uh, he went around as one of the outsiders in that field, but he raced out of his skin on that occasion. You must have been so proud because he was probably hitting the line better than any runner in that race when you look back at that replay. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's yeah, you know, quite often he's the outsider in, in fields and in definitely that field, you know, I think he's 150 to 1. And, um I was just going to be happy if he could compete with those sort of boys. You know, I felt like the New South Wales Derby was a step up, but at least they were the same age group. But um, I, I was a little bit worried about the Rising Sun, and um, but I just thought, you know, it was a privilege to be invited into a race like that. And, and if he could compete with those sort of horses, um, he'd make me proud. But what he'd done, Chris, was unbelievable, I think. And as you said, he was he was pretty much making the most ground up the straight on out of any of the horses, I think. When you secured that invitation, there was a lot to consider, a lot to factor in. But looking back now, I'm sure that you're really proud that, you know, you took on the challenge and the horse just raced exceptionally well. So it was just something that you can look back with fond memories on. Yeah, definitely. I um, I had a, 
you know, I chat to a lot of people about the invite. I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, as I said, you know, it was sort of, I feel like it was the boys taking on the men when you go from three-year-olds to four-year-olds. They're, they're a lot more seasoned, those horses, like expensive ego and that. And, um, you know, I, there was a lot to consider. I didn't want him to get beat up and, and do his confidence no good. But um, on the on the other hand, people said to me, you know, he'll get a feel of what it is to race good horses and faster horses and it'll just teach him more as well. So, yeah, I went with, with going with the invite, but... um. Yeah, what he done exceeded all exceeded all expectations. What did Brendan say, Brendan Barnes, when he came off the track straight after the race? <laughs> I just said we got a check, and he just said he went awesome. You know, um, if I would have liked to have seen the Barry draws reverse with Krug and I, and us to be one and sitting on him, you know. But I think we had a massive run as it was, just to sit one off the whole way and to still make ground at the end. But yeah, Brendan was wrapped. Yeah, his sectionals were just so impressive. So going forward to this Saturday night with the Queensland Derby, confidence must be high. Yeah, the Barry draws knocked our confidence a little bit, Chris, um, especially American Dealer 2, and, and most likely Krug will be following him out. So, you know, that's made it pretty difficult for us. But being over the 2,600, it's probably not such a bigger issue. I just hope there's a few moves in the race and... I know that my horse is racing well and um, I think he's up to these boys. It's just, yeah, just hopefully the races run truly for us back in the field and uh, we're able to get into it. But, yeah, the barrier draw was a shame for us. It's hard to predict uh, how, how race tempo is going to play out, in particular with these big races. But just looking at it now, it does look like it is going to generate a genuine tempo throughout. Yeah, definitely. There's a few there in the middle too that are, you know, like it's um, Byron Banty, like he come out quick last week and, um, you know, so horses like that will hopefully make the race interesting for me, you know, if they can put some speed into it early and um, the Kiwis don't get away with it all up front, you know, we should be there at the end. And what about the distance? Any issues with the distance? This is the first time that he's gone to this longer trip. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a, there's an issue. Um, as I said, since he's been in Queensland, you know, he's um, just relished in the sunshine up here and I think he's just getting better and better every week and he's feeling really good this week. And, um, you know, it's a step up for, for most of these boys into this distance, so I don't think it'll be an issue. OK. I've got to ask about the driving situation this week. That was a, a noticeable change that came through when fields were released. Brendan Barnes has been with Cashed Up pretty much uh, throughout this campaign, but on Saturday night, your dad, Bernie's going to take the drive. Uh, to me, just looking at it, this looks like it's going to be a special moment, father and daughter combining for a Group 1 derby. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's hard for me to make decisions with drivers all the time, Chris, but um, Dad sort of always partnered this horse at home, and I knew that he would be up here for when the derby was on, so... Um, when I come up to Brisbane and asked Brendan to drive the horse, I, I did make it clear at the start that, you know, Dad would probably be here for the derby. And um, he said, that's fine. So I said, if you ever get any offered any more drives along the way, you know, make sure you take them. And he said, no, he'd stick with him. And when it got to the Rising Sun, my dad was obviously here that week as well. But I felt that Brendan had, had done all the work to get him into the Rising Sun and he deserved to have that drive in that group one. And then I just said, you know, I... I'd probably put Dad on for the other group one, only that he's partnered with the horse most of his career. Have you spoken to uh, Dad this week? Uh, I seen him at Albion Park yesterday. Um, he just sort of mentioned that the barrier wasn't too too good, but no, we actually haven't really had a good chat about the race yet. Okay. 
Well, what are the options, though? What do you, do you want to run the gate? Do you just want to just sort of float forward? Do you just grab up straight away and go back? How do you sort of want to play it at this early stage? And I know a lot can change between now and race night, but how do you sort of see it early? Uh, well, like, we don't have a lot of gate speed, Chris, and I think that's pretty obvious to a lot of people. Um, at this stage, if the field remains the way it is and no scratchings inside us, I I assume that we maybe just grab and hold at the start, but not to say that, you know, we wouldn't make a, a mid-race move if things were um, panning out the way we'd like to. But I, I don't think early that we, we can push across. No. Okay. So just find a spot and then hopefully uh, just rely on that uh, strong tempo throughout. Yeah, yeah. If it was a mile, it'd be a different story. But with the 2,600 metres, I think, we, you know, we, we, we have options to go back and then make a move throughout the race. Okay. Well, that's cashed up. He goes around in the derby. You're also being uh, represented in another feature on Saturday night, the Group 3 JC McMullen, Kiang Marvin. Uh, this guy's been really good. His sectional's just outstanding. He backs up from yesterday. He's got a nice trailing draw here, two off the second row. It's only a mile, but they look like they're going to hike along early here. Yeah, he's um, he's quite a nice horse, Chris. I've just I've just had a little bit of an issue with him racing yesterday and uh, just a few gear changes to be made, I think, but... He, he is a very nice horse, and I expect a big show for him. I think he's going to get a run, nice run through, and, um, yeah, the mile trip's going to suit him, and I, I'm, I have no issues with the backup at this stage. So, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that race as well. All right, and what about Cash Us Back, who goes around in race two? He's Mr Consistency, this guy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The last six months, this horse has just jumped out of his skin. I thought he was getting towards the end of his career, and... He hit those tab championships in Bathurst and, um, you know, ran second in the in the Group 1 and then won the consolation in Sydney and he's just come to Queensland and, yeah, he's, like, found a new lease of life up here, Chris, and um, he's really enjoying it. Um, obviously, this is a tough step up in grade. Like, you know, he's won a few nice races here on a Saturday night, but these are ballots from, you know, the blacks are fake in this race. So, but he's taken every, every step up as, as he's been dealt with it as well, but... You know, I think once the carnival's over and a lot of these really nice horses go home, um, I hope that he'll just keep going through his grades here and hopefully get to open class up here. For sure. Overall, uh, you must be thrilled with the way the uh, the campaign's gone up here. Yeah, definitely. I, I probably couldn't have imagined it to have gone this good um, so far. And, yeah, all the horses have just have loved the change of scenery and to get out of the cold and... Um, they're all thriving and no injuries, and I've just been really lucky. And um, the facilities at Jack and Tara's are amazing. They love the sand track, and obviously I had to stop swimming at home, but, you know, I've been able to do that again up here now in the warmer weather. And, yeah, they're loving the break as much as me, I think. One final one just on cashed up. Have you put a little circle around July next year? Do you want to come back for another shot at the other rising sun? Uh, definitely. <laughs> I think if he was able to have a go at it at three, he can definitely come back at four. Okay, well, he's been a, uh, a great find up here during the Queensland Carnival Cashed Up. Uh, he's competed so well, and like I said, the entire team's been really consistent. A couple of big targets here on Saturday night. Really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck. No worries. Thanks for your time, Chris. There's Gemma Hewitt joining us. So Cashed Up represents her stable in the Queensland Derby. Like I said, the horse that also skipped last week's South East Derby is Krug. He's the current favourite with Tab to take out this Group 1 feature. He's currently at $1.70 and he's been easily the best backed at this point in time as well. His trainer is Crandell Giddy. He joins us online now. Cran, good morning. Good morning, Chris. 
I just asked Gemma, missing last week's South East Derby after contesting to the Rising Sun, looking back, uh, was that the right decision for you and Krug? Um, I, I got frustrated I, on the Friday and Saturday. I got all agitated and wanted to be there, but uh, I, I think in general it might be a good thing. We come in with fresh legs. Okay. And just going back to that South East Derby, American dealer, a horse that you know really well, you've raced him a lot. Uh, you know, it was a strongly contested South East Derby, so probably not a bad one to miss a, a race like that. Yes, we could have gone very good uh, in that, Chris, and not been the winner. Uh, as you saw, uh, he was very strong. He's he improved a little bit, I will say, uh, from what I've seen. So, uh, you know, in, in the modern racing, classic racing, you, you, sure, you can make your own luck, but sometimes... Um, um, when you see one going that strong, we were going to have to be very good to beat them. Yeah. Saturday night, second row draw. What were your initial thoughts following the draw on Monday? Well, well it's funny because uh, I, I wanted uh, either to draw two in the front line and two on the second row, so I know that sounds funny, but uh, we weren't, just wanted to sit in the rain line and sort of basically go to sleep the first part of the race if we could. So, um, sure, the two to the front would be good, but the second best is um, two to the second, and we happen behind um, um, you know, a very strong one. So I, I think... So far, it's fallen to place, but uh, Blair Orange will have to work out the rest because we've done our bit. Okay. Well, just on that, the fact that you're directly behind American Dealer, if the emergency comes out, you know, tactically, uh, do you think that's a good thing for you guys? Oh, oh very much so. Very much. Yeah. yeah no, uh, I, I think, you know, sure, we, you, when you draw the front line, you're obligated to sort of use your... Uh, your good draw and you want to get the rail or something close to it. Um, so that's something we obviously won't be doing, but um, we're not going to be a million miles from, from the leader after, say, 500 metres in the race. Okay. One thing that stands out for Krug, and a lot of these guys are untested at this journey, but uh, the last time you went over a, a, you know, a classic distance like this, it was the New Zealand derby, so there's no issues with the trip. Yes, well, he actually led from the outside that day, uh, Chris, and uh, he worked more than most of the whole field and uh, was still lucky enough to be victorious. So uh, we're in a position where we can make our own luck and, and, and sort of ruffle our feathers a wee bit and, and still be sort of supposedly in the hunt. Yeah. On Saturday night, Cran, he's chasing his fourth derby. He's won the Great Northern New Zealand derby. He's won the Reckliff derby already during his Queensland campaign. So another win here. That's a heck of a season. Yes, if it um, comes to fruition, it would be really good. Uh, and then, well, obviously, another one, the Vic one left, of course, but uh, we'll worry about this week, of course, first. But, uh, yeah, it's a thrill to win one derby, let alone more than one. So if, if we could try for for, for four and, and get it, well, you know, it's a, I'll call it a real surprise rather than, um, rather than necessity. OK. Going back to the rising sun, his most recent start, he led up, he had barrier one, he finished fourth in a blanket finish. Uh how did you see it? Uh, any regrets? Uh, what, what did you take from the Rising Sun moving forward? Uh, it was just an education, really, I think, for all of us, including myself, uh, that the, the strong four-year-olds have just got a little bit of maturity on us. Uh, when we look at the, the three that were in front of us at the finish, uh, they're the big dogs racing in Australasia right at the moment. So I think just to be close to them at the finish was, was a good feather in the cap for him. Um, we weren't a million miles from them. We did lead up. And, um, and another thing with, with the mental approach, um, Luke McCarthy had the best horse to probably eyeball us because he's a loose lining horse, expensive ego. And our guy did know he got a wee motor match. And, um, so, yeah, it, it hurt him a little bit. But um, it was one of those races that we didn't go in it. We'd be brassed off. We didn't give it a shot. OK. The form out of that race looks OK. Copy that beat King of Swing last week in the Group 1 Sunshine Sprint. Amazing Dream was third in the Group 1 Golden Girl. So the form looks like it's going to be OK. 
yes, I, I think so. Yeah, and then back to our own age group. Um, I, I think we sort of come to the sort of top sort of two, three, you know, selections. You know, if that unfolds, who knows? But um, statistically, you know, we look like we're sort of you know one of the favoured campaigns or candidates, put it that way. I asked Gemma this question: July next year, you're keen to come back for another shot at the Rising Sun with Krug? Uh, yeah, I spoke to the motelier um, today. I've already booked in. How's that? Beautiful, beautiful. Sounds good, <laughs> sounds good. Now, tell me this. Blair Orange, is he going to drive a winner in Australia? He's only got that one victory. He's driven so many winners in New Zealand. He's a runaway leader currently over there as far as the premiership is concerned. Can he get a big one on Aussie soil just to prove to all us Aussies that uh, he's the real deal? Well, I know it won't be for lack of trying, uh, Chris, put it that way. Uh, so we'll, we'll give him a wee shot with our guy and then uh, Nathan Purden will give him a shot with Amazing Dreams. So hopefully between the two of them, or hopefully both of them can get victory. But um, he's got two good shots. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to you, by the way, as well. 1,300 wins, uh, a nice little milestone uh, registered across the weekend. Uh, yes, it, uh, you know, for a Kiwi, it's, you know, it's a lot of wins. You know, for an Australian trainer, it's probably not a lot. Uh, they race a lot more and... Uh, well, they're probably better trainers than me anyway, but, uh, yeah, it was a good week, especially when there's only four ahead of us um, that sort of had, had that many in New Zealand. So, anyway, but uh, and racing, and look for your next winner, not reminisce on your last one, really. Yeah, exactly right. So, you outlined the Victoria Derby. What happens after Saturday night? Do you get a chance to get home? I know it's all a bit messy at the moment with COVID and the implications of COVID. So, do you remain in Australia? Do you go home? How long have you got until you attack the Victoria Derby? Uh, yeah, so that, that for the horse, we've got that on the radar with him. Uh, sure, is it, we're actually going to sort of go against the, the, the financial logic and take him back to NZ and uh, regroup. And um, that is there and, and the breeders' crown. But, um, you know, if we take one or none, who knows? But uh, we do know it's there. Okay. Really appreciate the time this morning, Cran. Best of luck on Saturday night with the Queensland Derby. It'd be great to see him uh, land another big derby. Like I said, he's chasing his fourth derby win this season and uh, he's been super so far. So really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. And we'll look forward to the commentary. Yeah, looking forward to this derby on Saturday night. It's going to be a heck of a race, no doubt about it. So just outlining that uh, Krug is the favourite at $1.70. Next in betting American dealer, $4. And then we're going to Bondi Lockdown at $7.50. Double the figures for all other runners at this stage with tab for the Queensland Derby. So that comes through as race five at 7.13 go time for the Derby on Saturday night. So uh, we're about to uh, be joined now by Paul Divert, who's got the... Oh, Darren Clayton is about to join us now to go through uh, the, the meeting tonight at Redcliffe. We've got a solid card of racing there, and he's online now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. How are you this morning? I'm very well. Have you had a quick perusal of those tab fixed odds markets for Saturday night? Anything jumping out at this early stage? Yeah, I've had a look. There's, um, at, at this early stage, I haven't really... Uh, been able to locate any value just with some of those runners coming up nice and short. But I'm sure by uh, tomorrow morning, by Friday morning, I think there'll be a few that we can hone in on for sure. OK. Well, your task at hand is to find a winner for tonight's meeting at Redcliffe. We've got 10 on the schedule for tonight. Action gets underway at 5.18. What is your best bet tonight at the cliff? 
Yeah, I thought in race number six, horse number one, Clarendon Dazzler, he just gets the right gate. He's been able to win three of his past four starts. Uh, I mapped him getting a run on the leaders back, just like he did last time, out and was able to shoot through and grab the win. I thought the same scenario pans out here, and I thought at the $3.60, a nice bet. Race six, number one, Clarendon Dazzler. Okay, so going race six, number one. That's the uh, the first leg of the tab treble, second leg of the quaddy. So we can go skinny there. Race six, number one, Clarendon and Dazzler, the best bet. Was there anything else on that card that uh, took some uh, appeal for you or made some appeal? Yeah, in the first race, Chris, horse number nine, Glenn Letty Boy. I've been uh, keeping an eye on this horse for its last couple of starts since it's arrived in Queensland. Really been taken by its performances I think it finds a race tonight. Gets back to Redcliffe um, in a race where there looks to be some good frontline pressure over the 2,040-metre trip, and, and that should just be able to see him trail through nicely. Um, I think from the, the runs I've seen so far, he just needs to stay out of any trouble, and he can power over the top. So race one, number nine, Glen Letty Boy. Okay, so race one, number nine, Glen Letty. Boy, a little bit more value there uh, if you're keen to play in that first race at Redcliffe. Like I said, the action gets underway at 5.18. It's a 10-race program. Just going back to Saturday night, Darren, with the, uh, the final night of the Tab Constellations, uh, the main race in particular, the Grand Circuit event, the Tab Blacks are fake. King of Swing, gate one. Um, you, you've had a little bit of time to look at that front row draw uh, and look at that front row speed. Is there any possibility that he can be crossed at the start here on the weekend? I don't think there's any possibility at all, Chris. I don't think Gerard's delight directly to his outside won't be with pressing forward. Spirit of St. Louis uh, won't be amazing. Dream. Copy that or slide across, but he won't be able to muster the speed to get across King of Swing. Um, I think it's just a simple case of... He leads and he wins. I can't see him getting any pressure early and I can't see anything running over the top of him late. I know I was very bullish about his effort and uh, about his chances in the Sunshine Sprint and he only just narrowly went down and it was by far the run of the race to come out of that, only beating the nose behind, copy that. So um, he gets the gate this time. He's not going to have any bad luck because he's going to be able to make all his own luck. So I, it's... Uh, I guess the where we look now is, is what runs up behind him, I guess, but uh, and celebrate how good King of Swing is because I think the, the contest, as far as I can see, it, it's going to be hard to see anything getting over the top of him. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. And just going back to last week, Sunshine Spruny ran the quickest last half of any horse in that race, but he didn't run the last uh, the last 400 quicker than Rock and Marty. He, he took honours for the fastest 400, but King of Swing took honours as far as the fastest last half. So he was tremendous last week. And looking back at the, the first edition of the Blacks of Fake that he won back in December during the summer carnival, could, could this be even more suitable than when he won it back in December? Yeah, certainly. He had to do. He was wide for a long way in that first lap of that race, in, that one back in December. And then once he got to the front, he was uh, too dominant. He won't have to do any of that work early here. And, and um, like I said, I can't foresee anything really wanting to take the shot because um, you know they just kick up and and you get passed out thereafter. And uh, yeah, I'm just at a loss to see what actually puts anything, uh, you know, any pressure into the run.
Mm. I, I tell you what, if you're playing this race as far as an exotics perspective is concerned, it's wide away from King of Swing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, um, you know, there's the the prices are, are very wide outside of that. And, you know, like you say, a horse like Rock and Marty, if Bart's last 400, if they can find a, a cheap position uh, without doing too much work and, and then just be ready to fire home late, you know, you've got currently with the tab fixed, you're getting $9 a place. So, you know, you've got that sort of uh, LL Cool J chased home pretty well a couple of weeks back behind King of King of Swing, he's seven dollars a place. You got, you know, even a horse like Turn It Up. Um, you know, he fired off the gate last week in the Sunshine Sprint. He's drawn to get the run directly behind King of Swing, and you're getting even money a place on him. So there's certainly some ways to to try and get an earn out of the race away from the the short quote of King of Swing. Yeah, no doubt about it. We'll talk more about this tomorrow morning, part of Breakfast with the Stars at Ellabian Park, and you'll be online with us on Friday morning uh, going through all of the form talk for all of these features. It's a great night of racing coming through on Saturday night. There's no two ways about it. Six Group 1 features, and, uh, you know, probably apart from the tab blanks are fake, they're pretty wide away from that race. Uh, there's some pretty nice odds on offer about a lot of good horses. Krug is now odds on, which is probably... Maybe a little surprising. He opened $2, yours for theirs. He's quickly into $1.70. So a couple of the big punters are keen to be with him early, Krug. So he's got to over overcome that second row draw to take out that Group 1 feature. Darren, really appreciate the time today. As I said, we'll, we'll speak again tomorrow and again on Friday. Yeah, we'll do, Chris. Looking forward to what it's going to be a great week. Yeah, absolutely. So there's Darren Clayton joining us, just going through his best bets for tonight at Reckliffe. His best was race six, number one, Clarendon Dazzler. That's six by one. And the other one that he liked came up in the first race one, number nine, Glen Letty Boy.